Uh, tonight at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to talk about rejoice. Rejoicing is something that I've had to learn through the years, and it's an important piece of my walk with the Lord. You know, it, the past few years have been hard. Can we agree? You know, I mean, specifically since 2020, you know, everything has been pretty crazy for most of us. You know, I started 2020 on a mission trip in Jamaica. Can't get much better than that. This is going to be our year. You know, there's another trip planned in a few months. We're going back to Jamaica. God's moving. This is awesome. Everything's going forward. And then COVID hits. You know, I was in Jamaica as the first case of COVID came to the United States. And because of the news, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't even know if we were going to be able to get back in the country. You know, and um, everything's been crazy. You know, 2020 is probably the craziest year that I personally can remember. Um, everything going on, you know, started losing guys in the house because they were getting stimulus checks and unemployment checks. And you give anybody that's stir crazy a couple thousand dollars a month, um, they end up finding some things to go do, you know, and uh, you know everything that was going on in our country at that time, you know, you know, I'm just trying to be transparent, just so you guys know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of division, even amongst friends. You know, I've had friends delete me and get mad at me by some of the stances I've, you know, openly talked about, you know, and. You know, I try to just shoot straight. You know, I, I really don't try to, to get my opinion in there too much, but it does. It gets in there. I won't lie. You know, I have a certain bias, as we all do. You know, and there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our country. And, you know, I, you know, felt like I needed to talk about some of that stuff on social media. And I've had to apologize to certain people through it because of misunderstandings, you know, and... You know, I don't maliciously want to attack anybody, but I feel at times that I'm called to speak truth. You know, and I think what the news was broadcasting was pretty crazy, and I was adamant against it. And uh, without going too far down this rabbit trail, I'm going to kind of move on from there. You know, and, um, you know, everything that was going on, it just, I remember it just being crazy. Everybody was at odds. You know, and... You know, I have family members that still haven't talked to me, you know, and it, and I have friends that deleted me from Facebook that I, I've spent years with. You know, I've had conversations with other ones and we've moved forward and, and other ones that now I'm even talking about this and they hear this podcast, they're probably gonna be like, we need to talk, you know, and I don't mind conversations. You know, I, I, uh, I believe that it's important that we talk through hard, difficult things sometimes, you know. You know, in er later in that year, you know, I ended up getting a hernia and needed hernia surgery. You know, and, uh, you know, I was out of work for two months once I had to do that. And, you know, and through that process, you know, I was believing God was telling me that we were going to turn the men's house into a woman's house because no one was really living there at that time. You know, and everything was crazy. 
you know, and I started remodeling the house on the weekends. You know, I was working Monday through Friday and I would come home and I would work on the house, you know, as much as I could. Sometimes Friday night, you know, I was even doing, you know, GZM and I'd do this and I'd do that and I'd work on the house and I'd get back in the truck Sunday night and I'd drive back to work and I'd work Monday through Friday and it was like repeat, repeat. You know, it's like there was many times I didn't get much time off, you know, through this crazy season I was going through, you know. And just about the time that we were going to open up the women's house, you know, we had a crazy rainstorm and the sewer from the house washed out between the house and the, and the main line in the street. We started getting sewer backed up in the house and <laughs> it's like I ended up having to rip out, you know, everything downstairs in the living room that I ended up putting in and had to take down a wall that had been there for years and dig up the floor and get a saw and a jackhammer and find the pipes. And it's like, God, I thought you told me that we were supposed to be doing this. You know, finally we got that taken care of. Like three months later, we had, you know, open sewage in the basement. And, you know, and then finally we got to a place where, all right, we're gonna open up the women's house and, and there was no women that wanted to come live with us or live with Chriselle. I didn't live there. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, <clears throat> stay with Ground Zero Ministries on Noise Street make that clear um <clears throat> you know and the house was empty you know and it's like you know what's going on you know there's people out there that need help but nobody really wanted to to come take advantage of the opportunity that we were providing you know and it was crazy you know for over a year you know it, nothing was really happening finally we ended up having a woman come in and you know, and in a week she kind of left and she decided that that's not where she wanted to be and and that's fine, you know, and then some more time went by, I think it was like six months, we had another woman come in and she stayed for two weeks, she decided she didn't want to be there and it's like, man, what are we doing? I thought we were, you know, trying to do this thing and, and help people and, you know, and we're, you know, getting further along and I'm working and my teeth started breaking you know, and my teeth were kind of like that used car that it's like, how many times are you going to put money into it? Because, you know, it's just going to break down again, you know, and I reached a place where I'd spent about three grand fixing the teeth that I had. And I decided that I wasn't going to invest any more money in them because I was just throwing it away because I'd fix one and the next one to break. And, you know, and I really started working on paying down, you know, all my debt and I paid off my truck and snowmobile and paid down my credit cards and was able to, to get out a, a loan from um, First Source and was able to, you know, start the process of getting my teeth fixed. You know, and, you know, in that process, I was looking into putting my house up for a home equity loan and, and got at another plan and, and set up this whole trip to go to Brazil. You know, in the midst of everything that was going on, I, I needed surgery on my hands. So I had, this past December, I had surgery on both of my hands. And then within a few weeks, I was going to Brazil and got all my teeth taken out. You know, you know, I'm just having fun old time with everything going on in my life. You know, and this is kind of like I'm jumping over some things. And, and you know, and there's some other things that have, have been happening that are really difficult as well. You know, and uh, it's just nuts. Everything's been pretty crazy, you know, and I remember waking up one morning and thinking about something God had told me, you know, probably six months prior, 
you know, I felt like we were to start a, you know, a pure advocacy business and I was told to put it on hold that we needed to focus on other things. And I said, okay. But I woke up one morning and I was like, you know what, let's do this. And I, I texted Chris L. I was like, find out as much information as you can. And um, from that point, things started moving in a different direction. You know, God called me back to, to Utica and, you know, I, I came home and we started getting meetings with different people in the city, you know, that have to do with mental health and recovery. And within just a few weeks, we'd met with almost or talked to 20 to 30 different people in the city, you know, that have something to do with mental health or recovery, you know, and just about that time that we're trying to start this new business, you know, I put up a GoFundMe page and, you know, a ton of money came in real fast and opened up the, for me to go back to Brazil, which I didn't think that I was going to be able to do this year. And um, it was pretty amazing, really. I mean, $15,000 came in within a week, you know, for Tom to take care of his teeth. And, you know, I was really blown away by that, you know, the, the support of the community and people that I didn't even know that saw my GoFundMe were, you know, donating money and... You know, I basically, I went from not being able to go to booking a ticket within a week. And then that three-week trip turned into a six-week trip, you know. And, yes, I was in Brazil, but there wasn't a lot of do, to do when you're by yourself and you don't speak Portuguese. You know, so it was a lot of Netflix and walking around and going to Starbucks. And the food was good, even though I didn't really have any teeth. Um, I managed. I definitely managed. But through that trip, I ended up meeting some you know, Brazilians from a different church that speak English. And, you know, I started to develop relationships with them and started playing volleyball and going to church with them and, you know, built some relationships, you know, while I was down there. You know, but in this process, when it was time for me to leave Albany, you know, I was kind of hurt by some people that were close to me. And, you know, I uh, needed to get out of the house. You know, it's typically my go-to move um i need to clear my thoughts i need to to take a minute i need to talk to jesus so i don't say anything that i regret you know um for many many years um i was a very angry individual you know and if you've been around me you know in my early stages of recovery you remember some of those you know i uh I carried myself with a lot of anger. I had a lot of piercings. You know, I was very intimidating to a lot of people. You know, and I didn't want to carry myself that way anymore. And, and I worked real hard at becoming a man of God and a man of grace. You know, that, you know, I'm careful on, you know, my anger and what I do with it. And I've learned through the years that God can handle anything I throw at him. You know, so I can take my worst day to him and it doesn't phase him one bit. You know, so I know that, Sometimes there's time for me and I need to go for a walk and sort things out with Jesus. And, you know, it, it's worked through the years so that I don't cause harm to people. You know, and, it, and it's still a work in progress, you know, as I, you know, continue to grow and heal. And, you know, I, I knew I needed to, to get out of the house. So I, I just started driving. I didn't really have anywhere intended. And I'm driving and I'm crying and I'm angry and I don't understand. And why is this happening to me? And, you know, and that I, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit kicked in and said, go get ice cream. You know, and um, that's kind of been one of my, you know, go-tos. You know, if you can't be really upset and eat ice cream at the same time. It's really hard to do. I mean, you can do it, 
But somewhere in the midst of eating the ice cream, it seems like whatever your problems are seem to kind of lift. You know, so ice cream and Jesus, problems dissolve. But <laughs> in that moment, you know, as I'm, you know, sipping on a milkshake and watching Zoe eat a pup cup, you know, pup cups for the dog. Um, I finally calmed down my emotions enough and the Holy Spirit was able to get through. You know, and God spoke to me very clear. You know, God sees, God hears, God knew. God knew I was going to be, you know, leaving before I ever started. You know, God knows everything you're going through right now. God's not surprised by one little tiny detail of what's going on in your life. And God, God knows. He knows every secret conversation that's ever been had behind your back. He, he knows that who has had ill intentions against you. And, you know, and he takes care of us. You know, and um, at that moment, a peace came over me that I knew that it was time for change. And I knew it was time for me to, to come home. And um, I packed all my stuff up and I, I basically, you know, started calling some friends and, and they helped me to pack up, you know, where I was living. And in a matter of hours, you know, I was in a different place, you know, and had no idea what was going on. You know, at that point, you know, I was jobless, I was homeless, and I was basically ministry list on some level, you know. I've had guys living with me for 15 years, you know, and at that point, everything that had happened, you know, I was, you know, going through a difficult time. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand God. I didn't understand what was going on, you know, but I knew that I have to trust them. I can't let my emotions, you know, make any decisions for me, you know, and, you know, what am I supposed to do, you know? And, uh, you know, through it, God has, has taught me, you know, through the years, you know, to trust him, don't trust my feelings. You know, feelings aren't facts, emotions lie, I trusted Jesus. You know, if you've been around here long enough, you've heard that on some level, and I'm sure if you heard it, you were really happy that you heard it in the moment that you heard it, because you were probably really emotional, all in your feels, and pretty pissed off that someone would tell you that you're, you know, need to trust Jesus, because I trust Jesus, you know, and, um... It's just something that I've learned through the years that I can't trust my emotions when my emotions are high. I can't trust my feelings because they lie to me on a regular basis. And I got to learn to trust Jesus no matter what's going on around me. You know, and, um, you know, there's some principles that I've learned through the years. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to kind of talk about. You know, I, I prefaced, you know, kind of telling you that, you know, just because I got Jesus doesn't mean I go, go through some difficult things. Just because you have Jesus doesn't mean you're not going to go through some difficult things because that's just life. You know, just because we have Jesus doesn't mean that we don't, you know, have to go through life too. You know, so I learned that I have to, to trust Jesus. I may not understand his hands. My circumstances in my life right now, God's hands moving, you know, adjusting the jar of clay that I am. I may not understand it, and life can hurt sometimes. But if I know God's heart, and I know that he loves me, and that he's for me, that he does have a purpose and a plan, I just may not agree with it, and I may not like it, 
and he might be dragging me towards it. It doesn't mean it's not what's best for me. Because, you know, I've fought with him through the years, and I still fight with him, you know, that, you know, he always wants to be right, and I keep trying to tell him that, you know, I got some good ideas too. And um, I thank God he never lets me win. I really do, because... You know, I have a 100% track, track record of destroying everything I touch, even though I sometimes I think I'm a genius and I have some brilliant ideas of what I want to do. I, I've learned that I need to get myself out of the way and I need to trust Jesus. You know, and, you know, this is one principle that, that has helped me through the years because I don't always understand what's going on in my life, as I'm sure that many of you don't understand what's going on in your life. You may not understand what's going on in your life right now. You know, but God still loves you, and he's got a plan. It would be nice if he kind of illuminated that for something. You know, hey, can I get a blueprint? You know, can you tell me what's up? Seems like I did. I wrote it. It's a book. It's called the Bible. Check it out. You know, and that's not always the answer I want to hear, is it? You know, well, where in the Bible? Well, it's in there. Just, you know, sooner or later you'll trip across it. You know, and it's like, you know what? If you've ever had these heart-to-hearts with the Holy Spirit, I'm sure that you've gotten just as upset as I do sometimes because I, I just want immediate answers. Why can't you just tell me? Why can't you just do this? You know, my little thing is you can wave your little pinky at it and make this different. You know, and you know I've gotten frustrated through the years with him, and and um, I'm I'm still so grateful that he never lets me win. You know, and I say all of this because through it, there's a principle that is very important to me and it's something that I've learned through the years and I hang on to it and it's rejoice in your suffering you know and I've learned that I just gotta go wee 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 because sometimes I don't know how to say it any other way like, how do you rejoice in your suffering? We. Sometimes my teeth are clenched, and I'm like, we got a whole lot of we going on down here, Jesus. We. You know, and through the years, I've, I've had to, to learn to grow with him, and, and it's not always been fun. We. You know, and where this comes from is Romans 5, 3 through 5. You know, it's we can rejoice too when we run into difficult problems and trials. For we know that they help us to develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Romans 5. Three through five. You know, and I remember when I first came across this verse, all it did was piss me off because I didn't get it. How do you rejoice in your suffering? It makes absolutely no sense. You know, and I would go through something difficult and this verse would pop in my head and it, it would just get me so frustrated and get me angry and I'm like, it doesn't make sense. You know, and I've 
through the years, I've never been able to really get away from this verse when I go through something difficult because I hear the rejoice happen in my head, you know, and that's where the we came from. It's just like, we we're rejoicing. Can't you see? You know, so I pass it on to you. It's the, the rejoicing, you know, in your midst of your suffering. Just say we a bunch of times and everything just gets better instantly. You know, that, but that's not true. You know, how do you rejoice in your trial? How do you do it? Like, it doesn't make any sense, you know, but something about our trial teaches us to endure. You know, I've been a runner the majority of my life. Any difficult thing, I can disappear. You know, I've ended up in different states. You know, I've ended up, you know, in all sorts of situations, you know, it's, but wherever I go, I take myself with me. So I always recreate my problems. You know, I've ended up in different cities. You know, I've never learned how to endure. You know, something about trials, we have a choice that we can run or we can face it. You know, and when I started growing with Jesus, there was really nowhere else to go. I've been running my whole life and I was tired. I was tired of going around and around. I was tired of, you know, continuing to, to do the same things, expecting a different result and getting the same old pain and misery refunded to me every time. You know, and he was teaching me to endure and, and I hated every second of it. But something about enduring was strengthening my character. You know, and I have been a character for the majority of my life and I didn't always have character. And something about Jesus wants to develop things on the inside of us, you know, and he wants to heal those areas inside of us that we've been broken for many years, you know, and we didn't know how to endure. We just ran and we didn't know how to have character because I I always lied and manipulated and found an angle and and got what I wanted and and didn't matter because I was completely selfish. You know, he was working on something deep inside of me. You know, and as he was strengthening my character, he he showed me that I could have hope in my salvation. And I didn't always understand that because, you know, I thought salvation was just, oh, oh, I get to go to heaven when this is all over, you know, and therefore, you know, I just want this suffering to end now. Just take me home. It would be easier if you just kill me now and I can go, you know, be with Jesus. But... There's something about that that doesn't make sense in my brain. It's like, if I can't handle Jesus here, why would I want to spend more time with him up there? (laughs) That's just the way that I look at it. You know, so how do I have hope now when everything seems to be going wrong? You know, what is my hope in? Is my hope in my situation getting better and then I I can have hope because I don't have any problems? Because that's that's fickle. Because tomorrow I'll have a new problem. You know, next week I'll have a new problem. Next month I'll have a new problem. I guarantee that every one of us is going to have new problems that come at us. It's just life. So if my hope is in not having problems, I can lose my hope pretty quickly because new problems will come. Yeah. You know, so where does my hope have to lie? My hope is in my salvation. My hope is in Christ. My hope is in Jesus. Because if my hope is in a person or a situation or a job or money, bank account, a new puppy, whatever my hope is, 
if it's not Jesus, it's real easy to lose my hope. Yeah. And it's something about the suffering that gets our eyes focused on Jesus. We pray way more when things are going wrong than we do when everything's going right. So I think sometimes Jesus gives us a little curveball every now and again so that we can stub our toe and start talking to him a little more. You know, I think he's like, oh, Tom's not talking to me in a while. Let me give him a nice little situation. And all of a sudden, my prayer life just instantly starts to get better. I'm like, was that really necessary? He's like, you could just talk to me and I wouldn't have to give you these new fun things to deal with. I'm like, wee, thanks, Jesus. You know, that his hope doesn't disappoint. People can disappoint. Situations can disappoint. Jobs can disappoint. If my hope is in anything but Jesus and having a proper view of Jesus is also important. Because sometimes we think just because we have Jesus, we're not going to go through something difficult. And we start the checklist. Well, I read my Bible and I prayed and I went to church and I served. And you know, I, we start doing the checklist of why we shouldn't have to have problems in our life. Because you know, we have all these things in, in order. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I had some of that figured out too. But you know, I ended up going to the cross. Oh, why does Jesus always have to win every argument? You know, our hope doesn't disappoint when our hope is in Christ and Christ alone. You know, and we can have hope in our suffering because we know how dearly God loves us. And some of us struggle with that. I know I struggled with it for years. You know, I believe, you know, God loves us. Yeah, we can sing it, we can say it, but God loves you. I really struggle with God loving me. And for many years, I didn't and couldn't really wrap my mind around it. Like, yeah, he loves me. But like to really believe that I was loved by God. Because if I was loved by God, I shouldn't have trials. Right? Like, if God really loved me, why am I having all these difficult things that I'm going through? Because I didn't understand that his love for me goes beyond my situations. His love for me meant he died for me. You know, his love for me meant he paid the ultimate price that I could have freedom from sin and death. You know, anything apart from that or above and beyond that is just a blessing. You know, he was willing to to lay his life down for each and every one of us. Even if we were the last person on earth, he would have done it for you. And that's hard sometimes when we've grown up in difficult households and we've you know, had many of the people that have said they loved us are the people that have hurt us the worst in our life. So love is like that tricky word that, oh, I love you. I'm like, you're going to hurt me. But Jesus, his love goes beyond this physical life that we're in because he has this bigger picture. And sometimes I don't always have the bigger picture. Sometimes I get so focused on the situation and the, and the, and the struggle And what I'm going through in the moment, I forget that he has this bigger plan. You know, that the Holy Spirit fills our heart with his love. But when my heart has been broken for such a long time, I did not know how to receive love or even give it. You know, that's why his first commandment in the New Testament is to love God and to love others as 
we love ourselves. You know, and I was really working on trying to love God, and I really just wanted to hit people in the face with a shovel. I didn't know how to love myself, so me loving other people as I love myself was like very dangerous for other people for a long time. <laughs> because I just didn't get it. You know, and I was trying to do the, the whole, you know, I'm a Christian now, so I got Jesus. And then some would talk about, well, the Holy Father. And I'm like, Heavenly Father. I'm like, let's not talk about dads. I got dad issues. You know, all right, we can deal with Jesus. People that are all into the Holy Spirit dance around, do weird stuff. So you can guys stay over there somewhere. I'm just going to focus on Jesus. And everyone was like, well, you need all three. And I'm like, ah, I just need Jesus. And through the years, because he's been healing me, you know, I've understood why I need all three. You know, and <clears throat> I think through suffering, he changes our perspective on things. But even though we're supposed to rejoice in our trials, rejoice in our suffering, it still doesn't make quite a lot of sense. Like we can break this down like I've been breaking it down and and we can understand that, oh, I got to endure and he strengthens my character and oh, my hope is in salvation. You know, you know, he's got a plan, you know. But hardships are still hardships. So how can you rejoice? And I remember so clearly one day is that, Tom, through the hardships, you cl draw closer to me. And then through that hardship, you become more like me. And that's why you can rejoice. You rejoice because you get more Jesus. You rejoice because you become more like Jesus. You know, and he uses those hardships to break off some of those sharp, jagged edges we have. You know, that he uses the chisels and he hits and he cuts things down and he makes us smooth stones. Because many of us have had hard, hard lives. We've been through a lot. It's not easy for us to love others. It's not easy for us to love ourselves. It's not easy for others to love us. And he uses difficult things in, the, in the, the context of community and family. You know, we call them sandpaper people. You know, and they're just softening those rough edges. You know, and most of you, I'm one of your sandpaper people. You know, I come with chisels and hammers as well. You know, I know that, you know, our relationship, if you've been with me for a long time, we've had a lot of ups and downs and there's times that you haven't liked me so much. And I probably said something that made you really, really happy with me or not. You know, <laughs> I have this little saying that, you know, if you stick around this ministry long enough, I'll end up on your fourth step. I promise. You know, and I just, you know, I end up, you know, helping so much and helping you learn to love so much that. I end up pissing you off at some point because I'm trying to help you to grow with Jesus. And, you know, and it's just, wee, thanks, Tom. <laughs> you know, and <clears throat> this has been a very important piece to my walk with God because I've had some really difficult things that I've been through. You know, I've lost people that have been a part of this ministry. I mean, you know, I've had to do funerals for people that used to sit in these chairs. You know, and that, that's not easy. You know, I've had leaders that have been a part of this that 
disappeared and don't talk to me. And I, I don't, I still to this day don't know why. You know, you know, I've had people that call me friends, stab me in the back. I, I've had people that just disappear overnight. You know, I've had people rob and steal from me that, that said they were my friends. And if I focus on those things, that I would want to quit. And I've had, I have wanted to quit, you know, but Jesus. Every time I want to quit, anytime I've getting, gotten really close to quitting, you know, the Holy Spirit says, Tom, do you trust me? And I know I am supposed to answer the right way and say, yes, I trust you with everything, Lord. But inside, it's like there's a war going on and I don't want to answer yes, but I know that that's what I'm supposed to say. So I say yes. And he always says, sit still. And me and him have had it out many a times when he said, sit still. I've yelled at him and so you're not allowed to say sit still ever again. And he says, well, sit still. <laughs> you know, I'm giving you the PG version of that story. <laughs> you know, like I said earlier, I take my anger to him. Mm-hmm. You know, we've hashed it out. You know, there's times that I just got to get out of the house. And usually I put worship music on and I go for a walk and I start to walk really angry. And by the time I get home, I'm a crying mess and Jesus is winning again. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, because I don't ever want to win. I don't want a God that lets me win. I need a God that that puts me back in my place as much as I hate it. I need it. You know, God, he works all these things together. You know, in Romans 8, 28, you know, it says, I know for those that love God, I work all things together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. You know, that's another one of these things that doesn't make sense. Some of us have some real traumas. You know, some of us grew up and had some really difficult things happen to us in our life. How can that be good? How does he work it together for good? Like, you know, because I my eyes are on the situation again, not on him. I have to get my eyes on him no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation, no, what, no matter what I'm going through now, no matter what I've been through, no matter what I think I'm going to have to go through. If my eyes are not on him, the situation gets really big and he gets really small. You know, and I've had to learn that my eyes have to stay on Jesus. You know, and as I've worked through, you know, a lot of my traumas and worked through and did step work and worked through and counseling and worked through in prayer and worked through, you know, most of my junk and I'm still working through more today. You know, like I'm never done. You know, he's shown me how growing up without a father has been a ministry tool. Many of us in this room have grown up without a father. Growing up in an abusive household, growing up getting molested as a kid. I honestly, I think I've helped more people work through their sexual traumas than I've actually helped get sober. And yet, I'm the sober guy. No, I'm the Jesus guy. You know, I try to point people at Jesus. Doesn't matter what your circumstances is. Doesn't matter what you've been through. Jesus is the answer. You know, and you know, I try to put Jesus at the forefront of, of everything I do and I, I make mistakes and I fall short and I say things I shouldn't say and 
you know, and, you know, I, I'm constantly learning. He's bigger. He's bigger than I think he is. He's bigger than I think he is. He's bigger than I think he is. You know, but as I've taken everything I've been through to him, and I've nailed those sins at the cross, my sins and other people's sins against me, I, I've given those things to Jesus, that he paid the ultimate price for sin of all time, past, present, future. He's paid the price. And sometimes it's hard nailing somebody else's sin to the wall yeah. or to the cross. <clears throat> but that's where it belongs. You know, I want justice. I want vengeance. <laughs> no, I want mercy. I want grace. I definitely don't want justice. If I get justice for all the crimes that I've committed and all the things that I've done to other people, that's a bad day. I don't want that reckoning. I want grace. I want mercy. And I have to learn to give it away, and it's not always easy when people have hurt us. You know, and I've learned that the things, the events, the situations, the, the past pains, the traumas that I've been through have a face but I won't run into their face till I give those things to Jesus at the cross. Many of the times in our lives, we said, why? Why did this have to happen? Why did I have to go through this? Why couldn't it be different? Why did they have to? Why, 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 why? The whys are answered at the cross because he works it all together for good. And how he could work some of our lives together for good is only something that he can do. You know, I never could have imagined standing in front of a room people room full of people talking about getting molested as a kid. It's one of my biggest shames. I've hit it for the majority of my adult life. And Jesus said, give me that. And I laid that at his feet and said, God, help me. You know, and help me to forgive the person that hurt me. You know, help me to, to let go of it. You know, and I'm not saying it was easy. But now he's removed that sting of sin. You know, and some of us in here have been through some difficult things. There's people that come to mind even as I'm talking about this, like, I'll never forgive that person. I said that too. But I wanted freedom more than I wanted vengeance. And eventually I got to the place that I knew that this, you know, spiritual, emotional cancer was on the inside of me. And I knew the only thing that I could do with it is give it to Jesus. Because that was the fuel why I continued to sin in certain areas. You know, and I started to, to really give that stuff to him. And through that process is where the willingness prayer came from. Give me the willingness to, to forgive and willingness to let go. Because I knew the right answer, but I wasn't willing. Some of us know the right answers in certain situations. We know what we need to do or not do. And we just don't have the capacity to be able to do it. And that's where I said, God, you got to make me willing because I don't want to do it. You know, and I started every time that certain things, certain events, certain people would pop in my head, I would, I would just stop and say, give me the willingness to forgive, give me the willingness to let go. And that would come right back. And I said, give me the willingness to forgive and the willingness to let go. You know, and as I prayed enough, my heart began to slowly let Jesus in there and things started to be released. It's not always easy, but it's worth it. You know, this is how he works everything together for good is that we let him into those situations. He, I can't work it together for good. I have murderous thoughts. You know, I want vengeance and I want it to be ugly. I want them to suffer as I have suffered. No, I want Jesus' suffering to pay my price. And man, that's hard to do. Because I got this thing going on inside of my head and I'm just like, no, I know that that's not the right answer, but that's still what I want.
Give me the willingness to forgive and the willingness to let go. You know, and I'm sharing all this to, tonight to, to try to wrap our minds around the fact that we all have something. Some of us have had healing in a lot of areas, and, but we all have something that's still stirring in there. You know, we're not done. You know, just because I have Jesus and just because I come to church and just because I have a Bible and just because I happen to read it once in a while and just because I've said some prayers and I listened to worship last week, you know, it doesn't mean I'm done. You know, that I didn't wake up Jesus today. Neither did you. You know, if the goal is Christ-likeness, right, that's the goal, we got work to do. And it's important that we realize that, you know, all the main people in the Bible have had suffering in their life. You know, there's not one of them. All the people that we would say are, you know, major characters in the Bible, major, you know, stories in the Bible, every one of them had hardships and struggles and trials. So technically, everybody in here, we have a great walk with God coming because we've all had a lot of suffering. You know, as we learn the, the ministry of we, you know, Joseph, you know, had family issues. He was imprisoned and falsely accused and, you know, in many different ways. Moses, you know, was given up by his parents. He was torn by God's calling in his family. He, he had to stand up to Pharaoh. You know, Ruth was widowed in a foreign land and easily abandoned by Naomi or her mother-in-law. You know, David faced giants, but it, he was attacked and hunted by his king and his father-in-law. You know, he committed adultery. He lost children. You know, he was attacked by another one of his sons that tried to steal his throne. Jeremiah was persecuted for telling the truth. He was thrown in prison by his faith, by the religious people. You know, Job was attacked by the enemy. You know, he lost all his children, lost his wealth, lost his health. You know, he had to trust in the Lord. You know, he had he had more reasons to allow, you know, to allow the enemy to try to convince him that God wasn't in his life. And yet he chose to continue to, to praise him. You know, and he stood up and, and did it, you know, publicly. You know, the bleeding women had a health issue for 12 years. He, she was rejected by everyone. She would have had no personal relationships. Everybody would have said, she's unclean. Nobody would have been next to her. You know, she would have been living alone for 12 years with literally no one to talk to. And yet Jesus, you know, Paul was, you know, had a thorn of suffering. You know, we don't know what, exactly what that was, but he said his grace is sufficient. He was beaten and shipwrecked and, and whipped and imprisoned. You know, <clears throat> Paul said, my grace is sufficient, or Paul was told, my grace is sufficient to you, that my power is made perfect in your weakness. So therefore I boast <clears throat> all, all the more gladly my weakness so that Christ's power may rest upon me. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And of course, Jesus. He was beaten, he was mocked, he was humiliated, he was whipped, he was punched, he was spit upon. The crown of thorns was smashed into his head. You know, he was rejected by everybody that, you know, a week prior was praising him, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. You know, when he was being crucified, there was only five people there. Or a week earlier, thousands of people were, you know, saying that he was to be praised. You know, out of the, the 12 disciples, there was only one guy there. All the other, the other four were women. You know, and 
He's our, he's our standard. There's nothing that we haven't been through that Jesus trumps us, in a sense, that he's been through something more difficult. You know, then in, in Luke, he talks about the cup of suffering. If you could take this cup from me, but your will be done. Man, I wish some of our cups could be taken from us. But his will be done. You know, as we give our suffering to him, the one that paid the ultimate price for it, eventually the day will come that we have an opportunity to share part of our story. I don't know what your, your, most of your stories are. I know a lot of your stories, but I don't know all of your stories. But Jesus does. He's not surprised by any of it. And he wants to work it all together according to his purposes. Will all of you stand up here in front of a room full of people and, and talk about your baggage? No, probably not. Will some of you? Yeah. Whether you like it or not. You know, sometimes you're like, here, it's your turn. But I promise you, in your day-to-day, as you go through your life, you're going to have an opportunity to talk about one area or another of something you've been through and what Jesus has done in your life with someone that's still struggling. You know, today I, I got the opportunity to, to give somebody a ride. You know, and I, and I got to share with them Jesus. You know, he's at the beginning of another journey in his life. You know, where he ends up, I don't know. Where is he right now? I don't know. But I had an hour and a half in that guy's life to share Jesus with him. You know, why? Because I believe that God sets up divine appointments. There's people that are going to cross our path this week. And you're going to have an opportunity to say, Jesus did this for me. You know, you know can I pray for you? And they may reject it 100%. But you pray for them anyway. You know, even if they don't let you pray for them in that spot, you walk away praying. Can't stop you from praying. And I don't need to lay hands on somebody for them to, to get some Jesus. You know, but I try to be kind and I offer to lay my hand on their shoulder and I pray for them if they're willing. And if they're not, I just pray for them from a distance. So they're getting prayer one way or another. You know, I know we have been through some difficult things. Some of us are going through difficult things right now. Some of us have health issues, family issues, job issues. You know, children issues, parent issues. We all got issues. But are we ready and willing to give that stuff to Jesus and say, you know what? I'm ready to go through it. Because I want more of you. I want to, to know how to endure my situation instead of run and quit. I want to be a man of character, a woman of character, rather than just being a character. You know, I want to find my hope in Christ, not hoping that this situation gets better. You know, I want to learn how to grow with Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to, to grow in that understanding and that relationship with Jesus. You know, that First Peter 5.10 says, As you have suffered a little while, God will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You know, if you would just stand with me t- uh, I want each and every one of us to, to take a minute. You know, 
I want you to talk to Jesus about what you're going through. There's nothing hidden from Him. There's not one situation in your life that surprises Him. I know some of the stuff that we got in our life we don't want to deal with. I get it. But Jesus. So I just encourage you to to just talk to Him privately where you're standing. And just ask Him into your suffering. Ask Him to, to help you to endure and not run. Help Him to grow in your character. Help you to get your eyes on Him, that you find your hope in Him, not in whatever situation that might be. Just take a second and talk to Him. I'm also going to ask you to repent of anything that you need to repent of. We're not done. I don't have it all figured out. You know, I still sin. You still sin. I need more Jesus. You need more Jesus. Maybe you've repented of the thing a thousand times. Maybe tonight's the night. I don't know. Repenting really means change of mind. I'm ready to lay that thing at his feet and, and follow him. I know some of the things that we struggle with are difficult. Just ask him into those situations, the things that are popping into your mind right now, and, and just ask him, forgive me, Lord. I'm ready to do it your way. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for all that you're doing tonight, Lord. I thank you that you are at work in our lives, Lord. And, and through the years, you've never given up on us, Lord, that you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. Lord, that you are at work, whether we see it or not. And I pray, Lord, that as we we go through our suffering and we learn to rejoice the best of our ability, Lord, laying that stuff at your feet, trusting that you've got a purpose in it, that somehow you're going to work it all together for good and and help us to let go and just trust that you are. You know, and as we've been through suffering for a little while, you'll restore us, establish us, and strengthen us through what we're going through. Lord, I just ask that you would move powerfully in this room, Lord, healing hearts, renewing minds, Lord, setting the captives free so that we could be free indeed. Lord, help us to lay things at your feet that we've been struggling with for years, things that we've held held buried since we were little kids. Lord, help us to put those things in your hands and say, Jesus, it's yours now. Help us to find our identity in Christ, our hope in Christ, and not in a situation, not something we've been through, not what we're going through now. Lord, help us to find hope in you, no matter what's going on in our life, that we would trust you more and more each day, that we would grow with you and our relationship with you would become healthier and stronger, that we would know that you're never going to forsake us, you're never going to abandon us, you're always right there. So Lord, I just pray that you would just move mightily. Lord, I pray that any seeds that might have been planted this evening, Lord, that you would cover them that there would be seeds that, have been, that would be, begin to grow. It would bear fruit, Lord. The harvest would be multiplied a hundredfold in this room, Lord. Help us to use our pain. Help us to use our past. Help us use our sin areas to help other people come to find you, Lord. But first, we got to give you those areas so that you can use it. So, Lord, help us to let go. Help us to nail those things to the cross and help us to trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.